Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hello, this is a UK Film Review podcast. My name is Brian Penn. This final edition of 2021 looks at films due for release in the next 12 months. It's been another difficult year, but we look forward with some optimism, not least because there are some great films due to open. And I have my fellow film geek, Amber Jackson, with me. Hi, Amber. Hello. How are you doing? Hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Do you have a good Christmas? Yeah, no, it was lovely, thanks. I can't, I can't believe it's 2021 is... I know, it's and we're doing the last podcast of the year. I know, I know, it's it's really flown, strangely enough. But one thing we always yeah. do at Christmas is that we watch lots of films, don't we? I mean, we sit down after after the Christmas lunch and we we just watch a film, and it's great. It's like a busman's <laughs> holiday. But anyway, <laughs> let's run through the calendar then. Um, some release dates are provisional, dear listeners. So please keep an eye out for any changes. But um, first up in January. Um, due for release is Scream, which is the fifth instalment in the franchise. Amber, does Scream work for you? Does it make you scream for the right reasons? Well, <laughs> that was good. I like that. Um, what I mean, what 2022 is gearing up to be is the year of the film sequels by the looks of oh, this yeah. list. And Scream is definitely... It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, Scream definitely yeah. kicks that off well. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the it seems to be a tailor of sequel spin-offs uh, and franchises, doesn't it? But it's Absolutely. it's what it's what seems to be driving the industry these days, doesn't it? Really. Mm. One thing with Scream, I'm not a huge fan of the horror genre particularly. I will sure. always watch. I'll always enjoy it, but I'm not enthralled by it. 
but I think Scream, as a franchise, it's probably one of the better ones. It's very slick. It's very well well produced. Uh, this has got um, Courtney Cox. It's got Neve Campbell. It's got David Arquette. So it's got some continuity there because you've got mm. some of the, the cast members from the first film in this one. Um, but what I found particularly intriguing, though, is the, the pre-release publicity for, for Screen. Now, I don't know how taken in you are by uh, trailers and by taglines and posters, but I think for Scream, it's particularly clever because they've got, they've got a great trailer which holds your attention. Mm. But they've also got some really interesting taglines. You know, for the poster for Scream, this new version of Scream, they've got... Um, it could be somebody you know. Now, oh, I don't know about you. That sends a bit of a shiver up my spine because you got to go, Ugh. you know. But it, it kind of gets in your head before you've even seen the film. Does that have much of an impact on you? What you see before oh, the film comes out? Definitely, I love a good trailer. I think I'm just that classic yeah. person that it, it it makes or breaks me wanting to see the film. Um, this, I think, I've only seen the original Scream film. Um, not gonna lie, um, but this one made me want to go back and watching the trailer for this one made me want to go back and rewatch it and also see the other ones before seeing this one. So I mean, it worked for me. Yeah, well, yeah I, mean... I think. Um, yeah, I mean, the general perception I got from like having a look online and stuff is that it it not only feels fresh as a film in its own right, but it's also quite in keeping with the franchise. Um, yeah. And you're right in terms of the like the chill factor, and it, it made me excited to want to see it. But it also made me I don't know. <laughs> I'm not very good with horror films. I love them, but yeah, <laughs> I'm quite easy to uh, scare. So ah, <laughs> uh, but you see that shows you've got the right imagination, Amber, for a horror movie. <laughs> see, with me, I I laugh at horror movies a lot of the time, but because. <laughs> It's not, it's not triggering the right part of my imagination. I, th- I think to myself, I shouldn't be laughing at this. It's, that's not what it's meant to be, right? But it's just not getting to me in that way. That's what I mean by not being enthralled by it. And I think it, mm. you know, whilst films can be gen- genuinely chilling and shocking and draw you in, right? But the fact that it does scare you, it means that it, it's working, right, for you particularly. But there's a right. part of your imagination that's particularly receptive mm. to the horror genre and that's what scream is <laughs> well, very good at <laughs> but, you, but you know that's what what it is though and i don't think my imagination is right for that where i will enjoy a film but i'll go yeah you know i'll shrug my mm. shoulders a little bit but <laughs> there are there are very few horror films that really do scare me but oh. I, I think i do wonder though whether when we talk about um franchises and sequels in the horror genre whether they do lose their impacts because there's only so many ways you can scare someone you know mm. and there's only so, so many ways you can work with a genre but it but it's 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 interesting and it's going to make money when all said and done isn't it there's no doubt about that um, oh for sure people are going to go uh, and see it at the end of the day because it's got because of the title yeah yeah um, of course um and yeah. it, it's it's a yeah you're right it's a strong brand isn't it but you know if we move on to later on in january we've got a, a film called morbius um which is another horror movie um this stars mm. michael keaton jared leto um again it looks it looks very slick and, and draws you in um 
Mobius is a biochemist who tries to cure himself of, of a rare blood disease, but he inadvertently infects himself with a form of vampirism instead. Easily done, isn't it, eh? You know, can to anyone. <laughs> I'm sure. But, if you've got the right um, tool, you can yeah, do that. <laughs> but, but again, it's something that crops up more often than not in this list of films that are due for release. We're talking mm. about the headlining films, really. But again, it's another it's another horror film, isn't it? Um, yeah. I've not really seen, seen much on this in, in the way of tra- trailers. Uh, you can always get clips online. But again... Mm. You might look at the actors involved. I mean, Michael Keaton's always very good value. Uh, and think, <laughs> right, I'm going to go with that. I mean, are you someone that, that is kind of attracted by the actors involved, the directors involved? Is it more the storyline? What works for you the most? I think the storyline works the most for me. I mean, I, we, there's no denying that Jared Leto is brilliant. And he, I mean, watching yeah. the trailer for this, he looks incredible. Um, yeah. But I think the storyline does is the hook for me um especially yeah. with morbius as well um the the i i'm not i'm not the best with superhero films i'm just gonna put that out oh, there now no i know <laughs> i i'm with you on that one i'm with you on that one yeah um, absolutely yeah but this look this looks good i think the story and the, the spectacle gets me so obviously this is a very good story it, yeah. it, it's in keeping with films that we're seeing at the moment of cinema wanting to redeem a villain or blur the line between hero and yeah. villain. And yeah. then as well with some incredible special effects and CGI, that's going to hook yeah. me in immediately for sure. It lo- yeah, it, it I, looks like it's going to be a good film. I mean, visually yeah. it looks impressive. You look at the way it's designed, yeah. the way it looks, the photography, the CGI. I, I, in some ways, like, I think... Where we have effective CGI, you kind of almost expect it now. And that's almost yeah. a given. And we think, right, okay, we know the CGI is going to be good. What else has it got? You know, And it ceases to be remarkable now because the way technology is advancing, we expect it to have all of that anyway as a standard feature of any film. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you're right. You've made an interesting point there about the trend to redeem a bad guy. Uh, to make them decent, to give them something redeeming, right, is something that's probably quite important now in society, isn't it? Where yeah. we don't want to deal with the fact that that someone can never be totally evil, that they can be redeemed in some way. And I suppose okay. it's just as important, really, that they that films explore this side uh, of a person's character. Um, and we know that films are a very powerful medium, and they're very influential uh, within society. So I think that's mm. That definitely looks like um, a film to earmark, I, I think, because it does look very okay. impressive and very slick. So that's definitely, a, again, you know, second film, in, it's horror again, yeah. but it seems to be in yeah. vogue, doesn't it? You well, know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, what I like about these two horrors as well, obviously they're very different in their style, I, I imagine, but I yeah. like kind of how, like with Scream, the it, it kind of uses like more advanced technology to kind of create that level of horror and darkness in a different way to its previous counterparts. But then again, with Morbius, the technology as well, that kind of like biomedicine, the anxieties to do with that, it's it's using that kind of technological advancement to kind of scare us more. It does certainly scare me. (laughs) But of course, but then again, though, I suppose the, the climate we live in at the moment, Right with 
with COVID and the, yeah. this this um, ongoing issue that we have with something that might be contagious, that it is contagious and infectious, yeah. it kind of feeds into our own anxieties and fear, doesn't it? So oh, sure. it's, all, it's almost like reality crossing over with this escapism because this type of film would have would have been received in a different way, say, 20 years ago. But when you look at what we've what we've been dealing with, mm. it takes on a new, a new dimension, doesn't it? Really, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. But we need to be challenged. I don't think we we should be fed a diet of, of sugary sweet musicals. You know, we do no. need we do need something with a bit of bite now and again, don't we? So it's, that's <laughs> it's fair good enough. To balance. Good to balance the, the absolutely, film, yeah. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, perspective is important. Okay, then. So that's ja- that's January. Let's move into February now. We've got the release of a film called Uncharted. Now, this is based on uh, a game, uh, a computer game. Now, it stars Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg, Sophia Alley, uh, directed by Ruben Fleischer. Um, I am not entirely certain of the, the value of a film like this. I mean, obviously, there's a demand for it. They've already got an audience there through mm-hmm. the people that play the game. Now, yeah. are you much of a gamer? No. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry a resonant, to say. A resonant no. Um, but look, I can't the, lie. No, no, I don't want you to lie. No, let's, <laughs> let's, let's be absolutely brutally honest about this. I think that the point is, a film like this will do very well. Uh, I think it's, I think it's safe to assume that they've got a, a strong market there already because there must be hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people across oh, the globe that are familiar with this game. But I'm not a gamer. You're not. It's not going to mean much to us. But if and when we see this film, we're going to see it in a different way. Now, yeah, that's a good point, actually. That's so it's point. it's going to mean something different to you and me, isn't it? But mm. you know, we can. You know, it's it's presented as a prequel to the game series, um, mm. and Holland plays uh, a younger Drake. So it's the backstory to a story that you will only know if you play the game regularly. Um, mm. Which is nothing wrong with that, I suppose. But I think the audience is going to split in two, so it'll be interesting to see how that performs at the box office. I think. But it's pretty, um, yeah, it's pretty good as well. That not only is it exciting for the fans of the game, but that I mean, they've also got a really high-profile cast playing. Yeah, the absolutely. characters, which is, yeah. I mean, that's I mean for a. a I think that's pretty good. I feel like it's also getting to the point where Tom Holland is literally going to start in everything because he's just completely blown it, up. He's, he's every, but... Yeah, he's everywhere, isn't he, really? I mean, I, I, often, I often think that if you make it as an actor, particularly on the big screen, you have to be careful about what you what projects you choose. Mm. And it must be tempting to say yes to everything, particularly if you're being paid an awful lot of money to do what you do. And at times, you're not required to do a lot of acting. I'm not casting aspersions, but I mean, when you've got all these amazing sort of visuals at, at hand, there's less need to, to, to be an actor. You, you just mm. got to look right. And you, you're standing against a blank screen, aren't you, a lot of the time, or yeah. a green screen, and you're being told to move to the left, move to the right. There's that side of it as well. But not that I, I, I blame, begrudge anyone making the most of their opportunities, but I, I think it's it's very easy to churn these films out, um, yeah. particularly for an actor like Tom Holland. And I think you can be overexposed, but, I mean... Um, 
I, I think it could be a question of making the most of notoriety, your notoriety whilst you, whilst you can. But I, I mm. think he, you, you do need to sort of ration your appearances a little bit. But yeah, he does seem to be everywhere at the moment. But there you go. Um, okay, so that's Uncharted. Um, Mid-February, we've got Death on the Nile. Now, I don't know about you, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm looking forward to this as well, which is probably yeah. why it's good that we're both <laughs> yeah, yeah, murder absolutely. mystery fans. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, because we, we've got it's directed by Kenneth Branagh, um, stars Kenneth Branagh as Q mm. Pro and he's following up, he's reprising the role that he played in Murder on the Orient Express, yes. and it's got Tom Bateman in. Um, what what does it for you? What what do you particularly like about Agatha Christie and murder mystery? films in general what what makes it special i'm looking at the synopsis right now and three Mm. words stand out to me yeah and it's glamorous terrifying murderer (laughs) that's just just yeah i know just but but the thing is it has very like murder mystery that's really stylish and fancy great imagination i just i can't resist who would (laughs) especially when it's agatha christie as well agatha christie was just amazing because she would often give you the solution right in the very beginning Mm. but take your attention away as soon as she's given you the solution she makes you look elsewhere so with agatha christie there's a lot of misdirection there but what she also did do was create really memorable characters particularly the detectives you know i mean of course we're, we're talking talking about Agatha Christie so you mentioned Miss Marple but Hercule Poirot is the archetypal sleuth isn't he that is mm-hmm. the one detective on the big screen that you'd, you'd mentioned how do you think Kenneth Branagh compares to other actors that have played Poirot um for example um P.C. Ustinoff Albert Finney uh, they're big hitters aren't they but I mm. think he's up there with them I would agree I think um, I think with this film in particular there is an extra like in his characterization there's an extra layer like layer of style in a way yeah. it's very I mean I keep coming back to the word glamorous but that's just that's just how he feels in this film to me obviously alongside like Gal Gadot and yeah Army Hammer's in this film as well, isn't it? Army he? Hammer, yeah, yeah. It just kind of there's it there's just a lot there's just a lot there. <laughs> um, I think what it, what you yeah. have got is I think, um, I'm not sure. It's a really diverse cast as well. I'm not sure you? how um, um, like different he is to the others. I'm not very I'm not as familiar with the other Poirots as much as his. I think what's great about this film is just how glamorous it looks. Like from the trailer, you've got, as you were saying, Kenneth Branagh as Poirot. Um, in um, kind of, I'm I'm not too familiar with the with the previous Poirots, but I think he does add another level of style in just being. I don't know if that's just because he's Kenneth Branagh or or just you know how he conducts himself but yeah i'm it, it does look appealing for sure yeah i think he does get, give the characters something new um because agatha christie um when she was presented with actors that played pro because she she died in the mid 70s so she she mm. lived long enough for to see 
films being made about Poirot. And she always said they were never quite right. They were either too fat or too thin, too short, too tall. And mm. and I, I think in some ways, who knows, but I think in some ways, uh, Kenneth Pryor is kind of a bit more like Poirot. You know, this fairly anonymous Belgian detective um, mm. with um, a very un- unusual walk, um, uh, this really magnificent moustache I mean, I, mean oh, I, think yeah. I, I think out of all the pros he's got the best moustache of all hasn't he really it's that fabulous isn't it it's incredible <laughs> yeah um so um I'm really looking forward to it I I think the you look at the cast it's just so diverse isn't it I oh, mean yeah. apart from the actors we just mentioned it's got Annette Benning, it's got Jennifer Saunders Russell yeah. Brand Adam Garcia Dawn French you think you know, you just look at that lineup. You think it's got to be good. It's got to be good. Yeah, um, and it's got um, Emma McKay in it from the Sex Education series as well, which was a fun spot in the trailer <laughs> for me, anyway. Yeah. I know, That's but you see, you see, this this is it. Like what Agatha Christie often did, though, and you saw this on Murder on the Orient Express as well, where it allows really nice cameos to be played. I think. Yeah. And that's what I think we're going to get here. So I, I think we can safely say that we're both thumbs up on this one, that we're both really Absolutely. looking forward to it. And it, it should be it, good. Yeah, the trailer has just the right level of suspense and intrigue just to yeah. just to hook uh, me in. So I'm, I'm ready to talk about this one when we when we see it. Oh, yeah. Um, very stylish, I think, as well. And we also have a, a dedicated podcast where we'll be talking about films within that genre, which which I'm really looking forward to. Oh, uh, because I think this type of movie needs to rank alongside the superhero movies and the franchises because this is, the, this is old-fashioned filmmaking, Amber. This is the way films used to be made. Strong characters challenging storyline and it's not just relying on, on visuals either it's up to a point but it's more about the story it's more about the characters which is great and there's room for all genres isn't there right where we might feel that there's saturating coverage given to superheroes which we'll come on to later on but there's still room for a film like this to to thrive i think and i think that's the the important thing there Okay then, so moving on to March 2022, we we see the release of The Batman. Um, now I don't know about you, Amber. Um, I'm not. I think listeners have already spotted that neither one of us are fans of superheroes. But there is one super. There's one superhero I do like, and that's Batman, right? The Batman. Because he's the Batman. Because he's so cool. <laughs> he drives a great car. He's got a Batcave, mm. and he's got a butler. That makes him cool. Right, um, yep. and that that trumps everything every other superhero's got. Um, not sure. <laughs> is I mean, do you, do you generally? I mean, of course you're not a fan, right? I'm not a fan. You watch them, but is is there anything about Batman or superheroes in general that appeals, or is it just a kind of you know it's there, you kind of watch it, it's hyped, you know, it gets that attention. You think, oh, I better watch it. Is it really like that for you? Are there any Batman movies that you want to watch, you think I've got to watch that, or is it just a kind of, you know, you feel you need to watch it? I think it's it's partly like I feel like I need to watch it, and also I do really want to watch them all, but I just I just don't really know where to start. If anyone's got any tips on where to start with like Marvel and DC, let me know because I've only seen a, I've only seen a few to be honest. 
Um, but I mean, this this film does look good though. I I mean, I don't know, I don't follow Batman a lot, but I think Robert Pattinson is a very fantastic actor. So I think this is going to be very good. Um, I think from looking online, the general perception of this film as well, people seem to think that it has got good potential. Um, I, I suppose this is mostly, you know, fans of Batman. Um, I think if, I mean, if, if anyone's got any tips on how, on how I can like get more into Marvel and DC, sort of like what order I need to watch them in, please let me know yeah. because because well, I don't know where to start. Yeah, um, do you, Amber, do you ever feel like you're left out sometimes? Yeah, where you have conversations <laughs> going on around you and you think I'm not really into this. I do you, feel you like don't that. Feel like yeah, yeah, because yeah, I yeah. do sometimes because friends of mine are huge superhero mm. fans and they. You know, whilst I may have watched a film, uh, a superhero film, I have instantly forgotten it. As soon as I've seen it, bang, it's gone. <laughs> it's like it, my memory's been wiped. My magic. Think, yeah, what <laughs> film are you talking about? But they're talking about individual scenes, and you think, oh, yeah. God, I don't remember this at all. But I think the only reason I think Batman rises above the rest is because I have good childhood memories of watching a Batman TV show. And Ah. I feel consequently more protective towards it and more of a, an affinity towards it. I think this current, this new version of Batman coming out does look very impressive. You know, yeah. uh, I, I like this. I mean, Andy Serkis is going to be in it playing Alfred, which I think yeah. is a good cast. Colin Farrell's in it playing Oswald oh. Cobblepot. Um, <laughs> so, you know, when you've got actors like that involved, you, you know, you think it's going to be worth watching. But I think it's where a superhero movie just just really falls back on the visuals, and nothing else, or so it seems anyway. But there's no question that it will be good. You know it's going to be good. But is it yeah. going to be good for the right reasons and not because it's following a familiar path and they know what works? I think that's sure. the issue there, isn't it? Um, but no question that would be a big success. Absolutely. Now, mid-March... We have got an interesting film called uh, called Turning Red. Now, I read this and I thought, are you serious? <laughs> this, is, this apparently, this film is about a 13-year-old girl named May Lee who turns into a giant red panda whenever she gets too excited. I, I mean, am I missing something somewhere? I mean, I know this, this is obviously one for the kids, but I mean... Is there any way an adult could get anything out of this, do you think? Or oh, is it purely one for the kids? No, 100%. I am so excited <laughs> for this film. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm so excited <laughs> we're talking about this. Um, oh, oh, but that's, that's great, because I wasn't sure what what I could offer to the conversation, really. You think, <laughs> oh, I don't but, you know, look, it has got something going for it. I mean, before Christmas, so I saw uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog, Oh, right. I've not seen that yet. Were you a uh, fan? No, you, you, well, you see, I, I, I thought to myself, I've got to go along and see it because the trailers were intriguing. And mm-hmm. I vaguely remember the, the graphic novels as well. Uh, yeah. But there are some great visuals. There's some great tricks there. 
Um, I mean, waking up to, next to a big red dog called Clifford, I think we've all had that dream at some point, haven't we, really? But, <laughs> but this re- this reminds me of that film in some ways, that there's, there's kind of going to be an initial impact of when you see the film. And it it is going to be good fun. But I, I think the important thing is, if you can, take a child along with you to watch it. <laughs> I don't because need to I take think, a child think, along with me. <laughs> I'll go I, see I, it. It's, yeah, it's like, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you see, I, 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 <laughs> I think more, more about my, uh, my kind of a uh, street cred, if you like. But no, but you're yeah, watching it because you enjoy it. Yeah. If I got any, I, you know. But yeah, go on. No, I'm, I'm just so excited about it. I just, I, I don't know, I don't know why. <laughs> I, I think it just looks, it just looks really good. Um. Yeah, I I think it kind of has the. I mean, it's directed by um, the same director, Domi Shi, who. Domi Shi, yeah. Yeah, she. Um, they directed um, Bao, the short Pixar oh, right. film, which oh, okay. I loved. It's very cute and very sweet, and I, I so I was already like, oh, I'm I'm intrigued by Turning yeah. Red already, but as well it's kind of got that similar tropes to to kind of you know the other Pixar film Inside yeah. Out in terms of yeah. I think from the trailer I'm getting you know we're kind of teaching kids not to suppress negative or intense emotions and it's you know it's yeah. it's okay not to feel good all of the time and that kind of thing um yeah. and I just kind of I, like look, that it, message it look, yeah. I know. I think it looks, I mean, joking aside, it looks like great fun. Really, it does. My only question mark against it really would be whether it's a one, I say one gag movie, but you know, once that initial trick wears off and you've seen it more than once, is that going to wear thin slightly? And that was probably the problem I had with Clifford the Big Red Dog, is that you see that initial trick and you see it, it's going to happen more than once, isn't it? So it's a question Mm. of where they go with it when they do it as a second or a third time. Um, but, you know, as I say, um, I, I had to giggle a little bit when I, when I read the, um, <laughs> the, the outline, but Hey, you know, it, it works at the end of the day. We want films to entertain us. Don't we? We want to say we've enjoyed it. Sure. And that's the important thing. Okay. Then look, if we move into April, then in April, we've got uh, fantastic beasts, the secrets of Dumbledore. Now, are you a fan of, all things J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter within that field. Does this work for you? Yes and no. I'm a bit sceptical about this new film. Um, oh, why is that? For, myri- for a myriad of reasons. Mm. Um, I love the original Harry Potters. Love them. Grew up with them. Love them. But mm. um, in terms of Fantastic Beasts, the first film I thought was mm. brilliant. Mm. And then the second one wasn't as good because mm. it kind of felt like a bit of a plot filler to me and then I was like yeah. hmm the third one am I gonna like this and obviously as yeah. well like obviously with all of the controversy that's that's been with the series as well obviously everything yeah. surrounding JK Rowling yeah. and Johnny Depp um and I'm just not really sure about it at the moment yeah. I watched the trailer and I was I, I think I probably will see it based on the trailer because it does look better than the one before it. Yeah. But I'm still a bit. I'm. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel yet. What do you think? Yeah. I, no. I mean, I'm. I'm 
pretty much in the same boat. I, I mean, I, it looks very well made. It looks very slick, very mm-hmm. efficient. They're words that I would often use to describe films like this because yeah. from a technical point of view, they're brilliantly put together, right? Yeah. The way they're designed, the visuals, the colouring, everything. You think It's all there. All the ingredients are there. But you do worry whether substance is being lost as a result you know because it is mm. relying on just one aspect of a film i think you're also right about the um the the outside controversies surrounding jk rowling as well yeah. it shouldn't really matter but it is a distract it is a distraction from any film it's when you yeah. have anything that could be interpreted as being negative publicity doesn't really help really i, I think it it no. detracts too much from the film but again it, it looks it looks very impressive, but it's a question of whether it's got anything underneath all the all the all the fluff, if you like, all the all the kind of the, the enhancements that are obvious, obviously there, and yeah. an impressive cast as well. You know, yes. the, um, I was going to no, ask they... how you feel about Jude Law as Dumbledore, whether if you think that's a good choice or not. It's an, an interesting, interesting choice. choice. Yeah, yeah. it's an interesting choice. I wouldn't say it's a good choice necessarily because mm. it, it doesn't look right to me. He looks, all right, no. makeup and prosthetics can make a hell of a difference because I've not seen <laughs> him in the role yet. So, But to me, he just lacks a certain amount of gravitas. I mean, Jude Law yeah. is a good actor, but he's a bit of a... He's a, he's a for want of a better phrase, he's a pretty boy actor, isn't he? <laughs> and a, yeah, yeah. Doesn't mean, say that's doesn't mean to say he can't act. I'm not saying that at all. No, but no. here is some somebody who's a heartthrob actor, uh, a leading man playing uh, a strong character role. You know, yeah. you know, you've got that kind of contrast between playing a character role and playing a leading role. Now, yeah. I know Dumbledore is a leading character, but you know. That for an act, for an act, there is a difference between being a leading man and being a character supporting role, and that's what I think. Why I think it might fall down slightly for him. It mm. might not necessarily work because he's not the type of actor you would put into a role like that. But then again, why shouldn't he be? It's only conditioning. It's only what it's only what you've seen previously makes you think. How can he possibly play him? Um, but it doesn't look like perfect casting to me. You I know, agree. But I, yeah, but I'm but not sure I, about it. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I, I'm I'm happy to be convinced, and I'm happy Absolutely. to say I was I was I was wrong about Jude Law playing Dumbledore. You know, um, just <laughs> in the same way I'd be happy. To, well, yeah, I'd be happy to say I was wrong, just in the same way I'd be happy to say if I was right about him. But it's all yeah. about opinions at the end of the day. But I I, I agree with you. I'm not really sure it's going to work. In the, in the way they hope but it's quite a bold mm. cast i think really but yeah uh, we'll we shall see we shall see mm. anyway okay <laughs> let's move on let's move on then um so going into may then we've got dr strange in the multiverse of madness um now again back on familiar territory really aren't we we've got benedict cumberbatch <laughs> playing dr strange um it's, a, it's another superhero type character isn't it yeah. Again, what you see is what you get here, but I would struggle. I'm, you know, I've not seen the second one, but I saw the first one. But as I mentioned oh, yeah. earlier on, films like this go in, in one ear and out the other ear to me. And once I've seen it, it's like it, it's it's like <laughs> eating it's like eating candy floss. You think I've just eaten it, but I've forgotten it already. Um, what about you? What what do you think? 
yeah, again, this is kind of like how I was with the Batman. I don't know much about Doctor Strange, but it looks like it's going to be a good film. Again, love Benedict Cumberbatch, much like I love Robert Pattinson, both very good actors. I think, obviously, the general perception of Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange is that he's he's brilliant in the role. No um, I think maybe I'll need to watch some other films before I watch watch this one. Yeah, um, I... But it, it looks good. I know that um, the multiverse is something that... Um, fans of the franchise are looking forward to seeing yeah. um but that's that's as superhero knowledgeable as i get but yeah <laughs> it, it I looks know. good yeah uh, i think you're right Look, benedict cumberbatch is perfect in that type of role absolutely brilliant. and he nails it he absolutely nails it he, he mm. does exactly what's asked of him um, but uh, in some ways though i think benedict cumberbatch is sleepwalking in certain roles because he, he he had a leading role in the Spider the most recent Spider Man movie, um, right. No Way Home, and he was excellent in that. But he's kind of, you know, he's playing a, a role that's almost too comfortable for him, in some ways, I think. Um, okay. Where where it's he's, he's so good at it, it's not stretching him at all. Now, if he was an actor earning a shed load of money for playing the same role, would you say, oh, okay, fair enough, give me the money, you know? Um, but <laughs> For him, though, I think for an actor that's got such a wide range, um, that this is just really canon foot of him. It's wallpaper because he's so used to doing it. But I've no doubt that it he's effective in the role and it will be a huge success. And if it yeah. comes out at the beginning of May, weather's getting warmer, um, people come out a lot more, it's going gonna to do incredibly well. There's no question yeah. about that. Um, that's for sure. But if we move into uh, into uh, the end of May, we've got Top Gun Maverick, or I should say Top Gun colon Maverick. Um, <laughs> what do you reckon, Amber? Yes, I am excited, but also oh. I have anticipation too, but not in the same way as I have anticipation for Fantastic Beasts. I I um I really like Top Gun. <laughs> I did as well, um, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, carry on. Yeah. No, I I really liked the original. Um, I think I saw it when I was about sixteen. Yeah. And I really I really liked it. Um, yeah. obviously this is thirty years in the future. Yeah. Um, Maverick is on a new mission. Um, and the, I like the synopsis. It says it's, it's, he's forced to confront his fears, and I liked that. Yeah, um, I but I think, um, it, and you know, there's going to be a lot of fast planes. If you like fast planes, you're going to like yeah. Top Gun Maverick. It's fair to assume there'll be planes involved somewhere along the way. Yeah. I think um, the only thing that I'm not sure about is obviously the original Top Gun. It's got a lot of nostalgia. You know, it's very 80s. It's very yeah. nostalgic for people that watch it. It's It's yeah. got like, it's got that vibe. But I don't know about the new one with all of the new like technology and like fast paced action scenes yeah. that we, yeah. we know and love in recent times. I don't know yeah. if it yeah. will be as good, but yeah. I'm still excited, especially because... This film has been postponed for probably, by the time it comes out, probably about three years. 
So, it was meant to come out in 2019, or or it was meant to film in 2019, but then it it got, production got postponed, and then COVID happened, and lockdown, and... Yeah, it's been a long. Yeah, you're right. It's been a long time coming. I mean, like you, I'm a big fan of the film. You know, for a long while, uh, it almost felt like a guilty pleasure. You never admitted you were a fan of Top Gun because I was old enough to go out and see the film when it first came out, and I thought it was great. I love the soundtrack. I love the visuals. Um, I love that kind of interplay between Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis uh, between their Mm. characters, and. I'm fascinated by this sequel that's, all right, it's it's taken three years to actually come out, but it's 35 years, over 30 years since the first film. Um, yeah. They didn't, obviously, they didn't rush into making a sequel when they could have done it a lot sooner. But it would be mm. fascinating to see how Maverick has changed over the years, how he's developed, how, you know, where he is in his life. You know, oh, definitely. Is it, is he still the adrenaline junkie that he used to be? And what I think is really interesting as well is that Val Kilmer's in it as well. He played Iceman in the original film, uh, which yeah. would be great. And it's got Jennifer Connelly, it's got Ed, Ed Harris, all great actors. And But I think you're quite right, though. I think, you know, one imagines they could do all kinds of uh, uh, visual trickery with, with planes and what have you. I mean... The original film, when it came out, was quite advanced technologically. It was. I think the, the effects there were great. But yeah. you imagine what they can do now, and That's it's going it, to take it. it. Yeah, it's going to take it to another level. But uh, for me, uh, Top Gun remains one of the best films of the eighties. I love the soundtrack. Um, oh, but as yeah. I say, for a long time, pe- people in my age group would say, "Don't own up to liking Top Gun." Um, but why not? Oh, really? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like a again, it's street credit. It's sort of that I grew up knowing that certain films, you know, you're going to enjoy, but you think it's not going to be critically acclaimed because you're very conscious of liking what everyone thinks is the right film. It's like buying, it's like liking a certain band and buying a certain record. So when I was growing up, Top Gun, you know, Goodfellas, for example, everyone loved Goodfellas, so it was okay to like that. But Top Gun, Days of Thunder, you know, particularly films with Tom Cruise in, um, to me, never got the the recognition they deserved because it was a Tom Cruise film. And Tom Cruise films always make money. And I've got no doubt this will will now. And I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Top Gun, I think it should be great. Yeah, Yeah. I'm hoping it's going to be worth the wait for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm looking forward to hearing the soundtrack as well, because mm-hmm. that's got a lot to live up to as well. Um, so it should be great. For sure. Okay, okay then. So if we move to June then. We've got Jurassic World, Dominion. Um, not a lot of information on this film in terms of the storyline. I think they've been keeping it under wraps. I don't know whether you found anything or not. No, so I really struggled to find something. I couldn't find, I couldn't find a trailer. I think the only thing that I found, and I don't know how incredible it is Mm. but the story supposedly takes place around the world and depicts humans dealing with the the dinosaur species being in the wild Uh, Um, right Right. so in that case then yeah yeah. i mean yeah so it's on the mainland then basically it's it's yes it's right okay so the last film the dinosaurs were released in, onto the mainland yeah and then i think the next the dominion film is going to be how everyone's dealing with it 
Yeah. Which is an interesting um, concept, but yeah. I don't know, like, is this going to be a disaster film now? <laughs> like, well, yeah, I was going to say, it's, got, it's branching into that kind of territory, isn't it, really? Uh, yeah, that's what I mean, it feels I, like. I was a huge fan of the original Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. What sticks in my mind about the first Jurassic Park was it was one of the very few occasions when I went to the cinema and every seat was sold. Every seat sold wow. out for Jurassic Park. Uh, that's very rare because... How often do you go to the, to the cinema and get an absolute sellout where every seat is taken? But that was what yeah. happened with Jurassic Park. The impact was huge. I think what they've done with it since then is good. It's good, but mm-hmm. it, it lacks the impact of the, of the first one, I think, sure. which is always the way. Uh, but what it has, okay. but with this one, though, they've got Chris Pratt again and they've got Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, all reprising their original roles, which which is good to see. Um, yeah, it's good. But, yeah, definitely. But uh, what I liked about Jurassic Park, though, was that the premise for Jurassic Park, uh, it was very inventive and very creative, and it took uh, what was theoretically possible in science then about with DNA and, and linking everything up and using fossilised remains. You think, it kind of took the art of what was possible and it gave it more of a, more of an impact, I think. Mm. So I always found it very clever, Jurassic Park, and always very watchable as well. Yeah. I, I think. Um, so that's that's a good one. Again, a good one for the summer, early summer months as well. Um, the following week, we have the release of Lightyear, um, which, is a, which is a spin-off from uh, Toy Story. And it's Chris Evans, uh, voice in the yeah. role um which you know sounds good fun i don't know how it could have taken that long to do a spin-off with buzz Lightyear. i don't think they've done this is the first time they've actually done it on the big screen i think as far as i know um mm. but again it's, it's something you expect would work and work very well but you know you just wonder how well that character w- would would cope not being part of an ensemble, which is it always has yeah. been previously, hasn't it? Yeah, no, I'm interested to see how they'll how they'll do it for sure. Um, it looks like it's got some fun sci-fi elements in it um, as well. I, I I read something that the director um, Angus McLean he mm. confirmed that this film is the film that Andy and Toy Story would have seen, which made him want the toy. Oh, and I just right. I love that idea that like Andy the reason Andy got the toy is because yeah. he saw this film. <laughs> I just think like, obviously the generation that grew up watching Toy yeah. Story, like yeah. a, that, a level of nostalgia, I think like putting ourselves in Andy's shoes yeah. is, is quite an interesting concept. Yeah, I think, I think it is. It's a good way of looking at it, isn't it? But, but it's all about the, the, the impacts that films have on us though, isn't it? And yeah. you, you often, you take a lot from what, what, a ch- how a child reacts as well to mm. the film so that's interesting I never knew that um, but that shows you know where the inspiration would lie for something like that and how it gets off the ground I think that's yeah. you know it makes a nice change because there's something inspirational about that isn't there it's not kind of clinical let's go out and and, and milk this idea as much as we can but let's yeah. try and build something meaningful from that character we've already got, which I think is great. No, I never knew that. That's really interesting. Yes. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's nice, isn't it? It kind of completes, yeah. it kind of completes the cycle in a way. Yeah, it does. Um, That's really cool. I like that a yeah. lot. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Yeah. So if we go on to July, we've got minions, the rise of Gru. 
Now, right, <laughs> so this has come out of Despicable Me. Now, the thing with Despicable Me generally is that I can take take that kind of film in small doses, but I'm not sure how far it, it works for me personally. Sure. Because yeah, I don't. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I don't know what you think. I mean, how much further can they go with characters like these? I know. I mean... With Gru, I mean, we all we know from the films that we've talked about that we all love a good villain origin story. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> and we're course, gonna, yeah. we're going to see twelve year old Gru and his dream to become a super villain. I yeah. think like the original Despicable Me fans might quite like that, but I don't know if it. I don't. I mean, I remember taking my brother to see the the original ones in the cinema because he's yeah. a bit younger than me. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if he's going to be rushing to watch The Rise of Gru now. <laughs> he's nearly 17. <laughs> but I, Yeah, I, I know when we've, in discussions we've had before on previous podcasts about um, um, whether you need to know the backstory to a character or not. Do you really need to know why they became bad or why they became the characters they are now? And we were kind of divided mm-hmm. You know, other reviewers we were discussing it. And we were divided mm. about how valuable that was. Do you really need to know? Do you really need to rationalise what a character is yeah. truly about, or do you just need to know what they're like now? And I, I, I'm kind of divided about that. I'm not sure wh- whether I like the idea of a backstory or not. With some characters, yeah. I think it's important and it, and it adds something. But I think sometimes with with a baddie, um, perhaps you don't necessarily need to know. You just need to know that yes, they're bad, but you know maybe it's it plugs into to something we were discussing earlier on about uh, bad guys being redeeming in some way, where we need to learn a bit more about them to understand them yeah. better. Maybe so that's what it what it is, perhaps. Yeah, it's interesting to think about. I don't know where I'd stand on that. Um, yeah. I, I I like the idea of seeing a villain origin story but i don't know if it's as you say it's necessary every time yeah but yeah in in terms of Gru, <laughs> i think yeah. this film does look funny um it, it looks like a good family friendly film it, yeah. it could easily stand on its own you don't need to have seen the other despicable movie films no. to watch it i imagine um, I, I think, yeah, I think a, a lot of these sequels and spin-offs that we're discussing here, franchise-based films, I think they are standalone. I don't think you necessarily yeah. need to have seen all the previous ones, but you kind of know, right? If if you if you think, right, I've got to see this film, but I feel like I need to know what happened before 
and you kind of think to yourself, I, I want to know what these other films were about and what they were like. So you kind of set yourself up with a big task of seeing maybe three or four films before you see the one that's out. And you think, oh, yeah. God, that's, that's heavy going sort of thing. I'll just see this yeah. one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a dilemma, that, isn't it, for any any film fan. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a fair point. So going on to the middle of July, we've got Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, so it's a, it's another sequel. I think it's the fourth one now okay. um, with Natalie Portman. Uh, look, it's based on stories by Stan Lee at Marvel Co- Comics, who to me is, is, is a legend, really. Mm. He, the, the man was a genius. There's no question he was good at what Absolutely. he did. And, I, you know, I just wonder, though, whether... He would obviously wouldn't have had a problem. I think he was genuinely very positive about what they were doing on on screen with with his stories. But sometimes, though, you do you do wonder whether he would have thought, well, maybe enough's enough now, you know, try something mm. different. But it's it's a common theme that that's running through all the films that we're talking about tonight and that are being released. That this is kind of recurring. Is that apart from making money, which is fair enough. But what is it adding to the sum of human knowledge? Is it really making us any wiser? Are we being entertained in a different way where we're just seeing something very variations on exactly the same thing? Yeah, wow. <laughs> that's a that's a very interesting point. I don't know, you know like I, Yeah. I don't know, you know where I would stand on that, but it, it's it's difficult because look, I mean look. We all love films, right? All of these films I will happily watch. But, you know, as I said earlier on, films like this, I'll watch them and they just disappear into the ether straight afterwards, mm. as I said earlier on. And I wish it wasn't like that. I wish they, yeah. they would kind of stick with me. But a lot of these films don't. Now, Top Gun, I'll see that. That will stick with me. Jurassic Park will stick with me. Definitely yeah. Nile. And possibly The Batman as well. But all of the others, I'm not so sure about that. You know, they will be gone as soon as I've seen them. And this it's that kind of memorable quality that I, I think we, we sometimes miss. Um, mm. But, you know, time will tell. And, and it is, at the end of the day, it's a matter of taste and we can only deliver an opinion. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, I think if you, you love Thor, you're going to love... You're gonna if you love the character, you're gonna love this film for sure. Of course. I, I think yeah. I I don't know much about the Marvel universe. I've I've not seen the previous Thor films. No. But if you're a fan, then you're gonna love seeing more of the character's yeah. story for sure. Of course, yeah, there's no doubt about that. But I suppose what it what it means what it boils down to then is that it's one for fans, but it's not one for the casual observer who, who's kind of in yeah. kind of in the middle like like you and me for example kind of in the middle thinking yeah okay fair enough but it's not going to draw new fans in but the existing fans will love it i think that's oh, yeah. probably the best I've, way of describing it it's a good way of describing it i think you i mean what i've learned is that you can't enter halfway with marvel <laughs> at all no i think no i know um, that's right it's, it's a huge it's task to though do. isn't it yeah yeah it's a huge when you look at the number of marvel films that are being made and dc comic films have been made is that unless you were in at the start you think oh god there's no point even trying to get on this bandwagon at all because you know you're, you're miles behind um mm. another film being released towards the end of july is a film called nope which is horror we're back on horror again um directed written by jordan peele 
starring Daniel Kaluuya, um, who I really like as an actor. Mm. Um, I think he he's, he seems to um, won the Oscar for Judas of the Black Messiah. Um, yeah. But it was also in one of the best uh, shock shocker type movies of the last couple of years, which was Get Out. I thought he was mm-hmm. brilliant in that. Um, but oh, I don't yeah. know a lot about this film, though. But it's coming out towards the end of July, and it's it's one to watch because of him. I think. Yeah, because of Daniel Kaluuya and because of Jordan Peele as well. I think when I when I saw the poster, it's yeah. just like there's nothing else that we we've been given. Just this poster of an ominous yeah. looking cloud over this small town, and you yeah. think, oh my god, you know it's a Jordan Peele film. Yeah. You know that you've got Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, Stephen Young, great cast. Yeah, that's absolutely. all we get. <laughs> but we well, know it's that... going to be good. Yeah, we don't know what it's going to be about, but I'm excited to find out. Yeah, but maybe though that's all we need. All we need is that basic information. This is yeah. this is the director. This is who's starring in it. Now you've got to wait for the detail a bit more. You know, I, I think that's a way of building up expectation. Really, it, I think it's yeah. a bit like Jurassic Park, where they won't give away too much. You know, yeah. I, I think the um, the film industry is littered with spoilers, where too much yeah, is being given true. away too soon. I think really. And I think the when I first started going to watch films when I was a kid is that, you know, social media didn't exist. So you, you knew less about films anyway. You knew what they were about and who was in them, but that was all you knew. So yeah. there was no way you, you, you know, the only previews that you saw were on, on TV, on, on um, the film series that Barry Norman used to present, for example. You'd only see clips, but it was all controlled. And in some ways, it was better because the impact of seeing that film for the first time was immense. And that yeah. maybe that's what they're trying to do now is just to build up a bit more expectation and think, this right, is what, we're not... Yeah. yeah. This is what is good with Jordan Peele films, I think, like with Get Out and with Us. You're not mm. you're not given too much. And Nope is, I guess, trying to do the same thing. Was you're, you're not given any information. You're given a poster and you're given... You're saying, you know, this is a horror film. Um, and mm. then I watched, I mean, Get Out and Us, I watched both of those films completely mm. blind, not knowing anything about the plot, not knowing any like anything other than mm. that it was a horror film. And I was completely blown away by both of them. So I'm hoping that that's going to happen with Nope as well, because it's kind of the same, yeah. the same thing is happening again. And then I'm going to go in not having any yeah. expectations, not knowing anything, yeah. not having seen any reviews no. or anything and it's going to be. I think. Yeah, I think I, I think I'd prefer it that way. Actually, yeah, I think you no, can, I agree. You can, you can know too much about a, a film. I think really, um, it's it's because then it becomes too predictable, you know. And talking of things predictable, there's an almost seamless link because Ooh. at the end of July is a film called Black Adam, another superhero movie. Uh, this is DC Comics this time, um, starring uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Um, I don't think you need to know much more than that. You know, you, I think you know what you're going to get if, if The Rock's in it. I like The Rock, though, by the way. I think he's good fun. Yeah. I like The Rock. You know, I, I think it, yeah, I think he he kind of knows what his range is. He knows what his limitations are, right? But he's okay. quite happy to leave it there. You know, so he's got, he's under no illusions about his acting ability. He knows the type of films that he can make. And that is one that I'm kind of half looking forward to. 
Um, yeah, I um, really like the trailer for Black Adam. I thought it was yeah. kind of dark and foreboding, but without giving too much away. Again, like yeah. we were just talking about, every, yeah, it's kind of right. everything a trailer should be, especially about yeah. a villain. Yeah, the suspense, absolutely. the suspense yeah. is is big. <laughs> yeah, but, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> so if we edge our way into September, then. We've got Mission Impossible 7. And, again, it's Tom Cruise. You know, I like Tom Cruise as an actor, generally. If I was was a film producer, my male lead, my preferred male lead would be Tom Cruise every time because (laughs) they make make money. Tom Cruise films make money. And, of course, he is... He is producer on on this film anyway, so he's got it all mm. cornered. But are you a, are you a fan of, are you a fan of the franchise generally, Mission Impossible? Um, <laughs> I think I've seen one or two of them, but I don't remember. <laughs> I yeah. am not very good with the franchise. I don't yeah. know if I've seen any of them the whole way through, which yeah. is embarrassing to admit. Well, but... not really. No, I don't think so. I don't think... Yeah, go, go on, carry on. No, I was going to say, I know this This film has been in the news a lot recently, obviously yeah. because it's been delayed. The yeah. production of it has been delayed a lot it's because of the pandemic and yeah. Tom Cruise has been spotted in various places like Birmingham. Yeah. I know, filming. places where you wouldn't expect to see him at all, isn't it, really? Yeah. I love the like Tom Cruise internet watch that's going on. That Oh, yeah. where is he this week? There I know. he is. I know. <laughs> we I know. found him again. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I mean, we know it's going to be a good film, as we've said. Tom Cruise is in it. He's producing it. There'll be a lot of stunts, probably stunts he's doing himself. Um, mm. I did, I did read an article that um, the last, the, the last film, the last Mission Impossible film, was one of the most dangerous stunts that he'd ever done, and that but, sounded stressful. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, so. Well, we, but you know now though, um, but it, Tom Cruise is like fifty nine now, I think fifty nine, sixty, somewhere around that, that sure. age. He he actually now has to give up. Well, this is what I've heard is that mm. he now has to give up doing these stunts because oh, really? yeah, they just can't get insurance to cover him. <laughs> well, they can because it would be sky high. Because the older you get, you know, your reflexes slow up. You know, injuries take longer to heal. There's all kinds of issues. It's too expensive. Of, it's too expensive. To it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 30 years ago, it wouldn't have mattered, right? Because you're fitter, you suffer, you heal more quickly. But now, insurers are looking at it and saying, well, we're not going to insure you to do yeah. this. I and can just imagine like that the... conversation like, hmm, how much will it cost to let yeah. Trump, Tom Cruise jump out of a moving car or something I know. like that? You see, you see, this is the problem, though. <laughs> and also, I, I think it's a tacit admission that maybe Tom Cruise is getting a bit old to play that part as well, that role. Because you think, well, if he's if he's too old to get insurance to do the stunts, maybe they need mm. somebody new playing that role. Um, but Interesting. Then, then again, yeah, but then again, though, he's producer. He could just say, "My bat, my ball. I'm going home. I want to play. I want to play the lead role." Um, I yeah, don't know, but, fair play. <laughs> yeah, um, but so I th- I think really the stunts are amazing. They're incredible, and you have to give him credit for um oh yeah doing those stunts because I, I wouldn't do them i would want Rather a double me, for everything yeah. if i was an actor yeah, yeah. um Absolutely. so 
absolute total respect to him for that. But I think mm. it, it's getting to a point now with, with the, that franchise where that character of Ethan Hunt is going to have to be played by someone else or he kind of develops into a more of a kind of a, a fatherly sort of um, mentor type of character and someone else oh, yeah. comes in a bit younger because uh, I just don't see how they can carry, they're on, gonna with carry it. Like, it on yeah yeah it's a bit like when Roger Moore was playing James Bond at the age of 58 or 59 there's no credibility yeah, because an action uh, character like that is young is youngish you know he's like no more than 30 so I think that's going to be the drawback but I mean I think Mission mm. Impossible you know it's going to be good it's going to be ruthlessly efficient it's going yeah. to be so good. You're going to, you're not going to be able to not like it. It's going to be hugely enjoyable. But again, I, I think it gives rise to the issue that we've raised on this podcast that you, you know, you can only take an idea so far. How much mm. further can you can you stretch it? But you know, it's all it's all good. It's all good. And if it gets people <laughs> coming back to the cinema, even better. Um, uh, right. Okay. Into October then, we've got a. Uh, an animated feature here, Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse 2. Um, I'm, I'm just amazed at the, the pace of, of these films being released. You know, we, Oh, it's we, incredible, we, isn't it? <laughs> you know, we, yeah, I mean, how they get these out, I, I just do not know. But, but you see, if I'm confronted, I don't know about you, but if I'm confronted with an animated feature and a live-action feature, I would always p- prefer the live-action feature. Um, I saw the Spider-Man No, no Way Home. Mm. I actually enjoyed that. I thought it was good. But then now they're confronting us with, with an animated version. Oh, I don't, it's a slightly different audience, perhaps. I don't know. What, what do you feel about that? I watched the trailer um, earlier, and I thought that the animation style is insane. It looks mm. so cool. Like, yeah. just from an aesthetic point of view, yeah. um, I actually wouldn't mind seeing this. I think it looks really good. It's like, yeah. it looks, it almost looks like a computer game, but it's better. <laughs> um, Do you... I don't know anything about the plot or anything, but just, no. just like the aesthetics of it and the the animation, it's such a unique style. I just, I just loved it. I thought it yeah. looked really cool. It, it does. It does look good. I must say. Do you think animation now the standard is so high? Um, yeah. Do you feel it's almost too clinical and too clean now that it's just too good and too perfect? I I see what you mean. I think it it does depend. This I think this is why this really stood out to me. This trailer is because it mm. looks so different to yeah. obviously like animations that we're used to seeing. Obviously. Yeah. Pixar of like what we were talking about with Turning Red and films mm. like that. Pixar have really developed a very specific animation style of of films with that kind of vibe. Mm. Um, so it is exciting to see something that's aesthetically a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. Fair enough. I suppose because I grew up with more traditional animation. You know, mm. the sort of animation I, I was accustomed to is something like the, the Jungle Book and the Aristocats and that type of thing. Still and you great know, animation, though. <laughs> still great animation, but you have that that notion of an animator sitting at the desk just sketching out every yeah. frame. But computers just do away with all of that. Now, I'm not saying it's not good, you know, but the standard is so high, you think, God, it's so good. Mm. You know, it's, it's almost too good. And... 
I just wonder whether I'm, I'm making any sense when I say that, because it's mm. one of my hobby horses where, you know, I, I enjoy modern animation. I, I love what Pixar do. I love what DreamWorks do. But yeah. it's just that you think, oh, it just lacks that kind of spark of uh, roughness and readiness and inspiration and, and innovation where they're just, right, let's see how this works out. And, but, yeah. you know, you know, no, if, I know yeah, fair play to them. It's, it does look good. So if we move into November, then we we have another superheroes film. Um, <laughs> the, I sense the theme. Good. Yeah, I sense <laughs> the theme of emerging. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is this is the Flash, and it does actually look really good because yeah. it's DC Comics, and it's got Ezra Miller, Michael Keaton, and and he travels back in time to prevent his his mother's murder, and. Um, and obviously, it doesn't it doesn't uh, go quite as smoothly as that. But to me, there's something quite gripping about that, though, isn't there? That the ability, the, you know, the premise is is interesting. You go back in a superhero yeah. who can do anything, allegedly, goes back in time to prevent his mother's murder. If he can do that, then what are the consequences for him being able to do that and change? what happens in the future. I think that's, I love that kind of, that concept of traveling back in time and having the power oh, yeah. to change something. I, I like the sound of that. I love I that. I love a good, I mean, I was, I was saying before, I, I'm yeah. always hooked by a good story. I think yeah. this is really, this is really draw me in. I love a good time travel moment yeah. <laughs> in a oh, film yeah. for yeah. sure. And I think this, it's going to be really good in the flash. I'm yeah. really interested to see no. kind of how it goes. Yeah, I, I think of all the superhero movies that we've uh, mentioned on the on this podcast, that's the one that I'm probably most looking forward to seeing mm. uh, because it has that I'd kind of fair. yeah that added bite in the storyline is really good. So um, yeah. we should look forward to that with bated breath. Um, if we move on a, a bit further, the following week um, we've got Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Again, it's 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 what you know, you know what you're going to get here, and I, I think you can't underplay the cultural significance of Black Panther and what it achieved mm. uh, for an all, for the black for a black cast. You accept all of that, you know, it's only right. Um, but I do wonder where it can go. Um, it would never stop anyone from making a sequel, and I think where could it go from here? Because there's always all, a way. Um, but th- the right time to bring out a sequel, do you think for Black Panther. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. I think I think it's particularly it's going to be particularly poignant, um, especially after the death of Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman, um, yeah, I know. And obviously, there's been a lot of debate about the direction of this film because yeah. obviously, when he passed away plans for the film changed and the decision was made by Marvel not to recast um, T'Challa, the main character, which I didn't actually realise how much that had actually divided opinion. I was having a look online and there's a petition going on to kind of to recast him. Really? Um, Yeah, which I I would have thought that it would be the other way, that people would say, you know what, that's fair, you know. Because the sequel is, it's been yeah. confirmed that the sequel will explore, it was going to, in the first place, explore the world and the characters of the first film yeah. as a way 
to kind of honor the first film but then it's going to further explore the different subcultures of wakanda yeah. as a place and that uh, like that's interesting yeah. but yeah like i'm excited to see what they do with it especially yeah. because t'challa's not going to be in the film um, I'm so, I yeah. think that's interesting, though, when you say that opinion was divided about about casting or, or, or letting it rest, because I yeah. think in some, you know, I think, you know, Chadwick Boseman was a terrific actor, and Absolutely. it was tragic that he died at such a stupidly young age, really, mm. and it's it's a loss for obvious reasons, but it's a loss to the acting world because he he could act; he was a tremendous actor. Excellent actor. And, you know, um, I think it's only right that they should let the character rest as a tribute to him. Because I agree. Isn't it... I think a lot of people do agree as well, but then yeah. there are just, there are some, that there is some divided opinion. But, I mean, yeah, I, I think I... you, yeah, I think you can make um, an actor's memory or a person's memory too sacred. But I think that's mm. a fitting tribute to, to retire that character rest that character or however you interpret that but just leave that where it is because it's unique and it's self-contained right yeah. and there are other places you can go so it'll be interesting to see what they do now uh but i never knew that though i'm, I'm surprised that me, people yeah, were, so, me too. were so divided over it because to me that seems the 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 right thing to do the the respectful thing to do as well um yeah bearing in mind Black, what happened Black Panther was it is one of the superhero films that I did see when it came out and I yeah. and I did really, really love it. Just not yeah. only because it, it's a really, really like well made film, but also of the the significance of it. Yeah. Um so I'm I'm definitely intrigued to see where they go with yeah. the world of Wakanda yeah. and, yeah. and what happens. Um, yeah, that should that should be a good one. And the mm. final film that we had listed on our headlining movies for 2022 comes out um in almost exactly a year 16th of december 2022 we've got avatar avatar 2 wowie um, now I, it's finally now, coming <laughs> yeah i know it's it's kind of like it's like an elephant's pregnancy isn't it if it, it feels like it's never going to happen um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good um, way of describing it actually yeah but Look, it's directed by James Cameron. You know, the, for me, there are certain directors where I'm not particularly uh, concerned by what they've made. If they make a film, I think to myself, I want to see it. And that's what I think about mm. James Cameron. Whatever yeah. he's done, I've got to see it. It's like, it's like Scorsese, Ridley Scott, you know, all those directors, Coppola, um, whatever they do, I want to see it. You know, there's nothing conditional there for me. I've got to see this. And... I mean, Avatar in itself, I, I think, was um, was groundbreaking in, in a lot of ways, wasn't it? I, I think, yeah. you know, what they managed to portray on screen in the first one, we hadn't seen previously, not in that particular, you know, that no, method of filmmaking. True. So, um, and this has got, uh, is it Kate Winslet's in it, in this one, isn't she? Yeah, I, I saw that, actually, yeah. There's a really Sigourney, good, um, yeah. there's a really good article by Entertainment, um, and it's written by Devon Coggan, and it gives the interviews James Cord James Corden, lol, James Cameron. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Two very Sorry. different people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's total contrast there. Yeah. <laughs> she interviews James Cameron, 
and yeah. he gives some really good insight into this upcoming film. So I would recommend reading that um, oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I, yeah, he talks about how he he wants to use the most advanced filmic technology to make these films. Um, and also this film is apparently to be set primarily underwater. So that's oh, going to be that. really fascinating to see how they do that. There was talk right. of under having big un- underwater tanks to have the actors in and, you know, how long they could stay wow. underwater and that kind of thing. So I'll be very, very right. interested to see how that all works from like a production perspective. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I just can't, that's I can't gonna, believe that's it. Really, the like, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think I did see like, I did see a picture of, a couple of actors in like full-on like gray like i don't know how to describe the suits they were wearing but it looked very interesting it was it was very interesting read but must be very demanding though yeah yeah oh definitely i mean how long can you humanly stay underwater as a mammal I just feel feel slightly claustrophobic even thinking about it. But um, I, no, I'm I couldn't. No, I can't think about it. Sure. No, oh no, you can't even think long. about it. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> not for yeah, too long no, anyway. No, no, no. But um, again, it, it's it's just something that that looks and sounds very impressive when you just you just read some of the some of the the uh, the background to a film when it's being made, and not yeah. necessarily hearing about the detail, but hearing what they go through to create the products. Um, yeah straight away you're, you're kind of gripped by the the amount of effort that goes mm. into into a film when it's being made and to, to me that's that's what gives film an even sort of stronger status to me is that it's the amount of uh time effort and blood sweat and tears that goes into yeah. making a film absolutely um, so i think I, with um yeah sorry go on <laughs> no after you i was gonna say i think um the it'll be interesting to see with avatar um and avatar 2 if if audiences connect with the new the upcoming avatar films as much as they connected with the first um because obviously it came out the the original came out in 2009 i mean i was 12 in 2009 i know now i'm 24 but yeah it's a good point though because it's a completely different generation now that's seeing avatar 2 and I never realised it was 2009. I didn't think it was that long ago. But that's I, yeah. That's... I mean, I've doubled in age, so I don't think I'm going to connect with this with these upcoming films in the same way as I connected. Now, the, with it'll it be interesting. Before, yeah, but... but thing is, Amber, it'll be interesting for you for when you see mm. Avatar 2 and you compare it with Avatar, the first film, which yeah. you watched as a kid. Now you're watching yeah. the film as an adult. How the, yeah. your kind of perception changes? Oh, because, definitely. You know, I think as as we as we grow up, um, we'll watch a film at that age, and we'll watch it again when we're ten years older. Mm. We change as people. We do. We evolve. We develop. True. We live and learn. Right. We we see life in a different way. And I think it's true of any film that we watch. We're not going to see it the same. And I that fascinates yeah. me. Where we? Oh yeah, for sure. We, we watch, particularly where you've got sequels and you've got a franchise and you've got characters developing in a certain way and you, yeah. you kind of grow up with them. So that will be interesting for you, I'm sure, to, to watch those two films, well, to see those two films, but see, yeah. having seen one when you're a child and one as an adult, that would be really interesting. 
Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. I'll have to this yeah. time next year we can we well, can we'll discuss. Do, yeah, we can discuss this time next year. Yeah, and we'll be talking about films to look forward to in 2023. Wow, madness. There's a there's a year gone just like that. Yeah, in 30 seconds. Good so that's uh, that. They're the headlining films um, for next year. Are there any others, Amber, that we haven't mentioned yet that you think we should let listeners know about? So I've yeah I've um I found a few mm-hmm. um that uh I'm excited about but I've narrowed it down to two okay <laughs> just because there's there's a fair few I, I mean I can yeah. I can always oh, name drop them yeah but... uh, no go for it give give me those two let's have those two so the the two uh so the first one is coming out in the end of September of 2022 right. and it's called Don't Worry Darling. And it's oh, okay. um, directed by Olivia Wilde. It's it's going to be her latest film, and it's a psychological thriller. And the official synopsis reads: a 1950s housewife living with her husband in a yeah. utopian experimental community begins mm. to worry that his glamorous company may be hiding disturbing secrets. Mm. Now, utopian experimental community. Yeah. What? <laughs> Oh yeah, what I know. does this mean? Well, it, so, ma- it makes you kind of draw breath, doesn't it? You go, oh, wow. Yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, hang on, this is this yeah. is going to take a dark turn. This film, oh, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. Yeah. I think obviously, I I really like Olivia Wilde's directing style. I loved Book Smart, mm-hmm. um, coming out, that came out in 2019. So, mm-hmm. I think her doing a psychological thriller is going to be really interesting, and I'm excited to see what this synopsis means and yeah, what's going to happen but there there it kind of hooks you in straight away doesn't it because you think yeah. have i read a synopsis for a film like that before no i haven't i don't think i have and that's i think originality is such a rare commodity in filmmaking where you think right that is truly original they've hit on something that's not been done before or you don't you're not aware of it and that's what yeah. makes that film more enticing that it draws you in who, who are the stars in that film who stars in that film let me have a look. Let me see. I've got the page up. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. thought I'd have a, I'd have a look. Yeah. So we've got, oh, so we've got Olivia Wilde starring. And then okay. interestingly enough, so I, when I read this synopsis, I thought of the film Midsummer. Oh, okay. um, and Florence Pugh is in this film and she was star- the starring actor in Midsummer. So that's going to ah. be interesting. Yeah. And then um, Gemma Chang is in this. Um, mm-hmm. And Harry Styles. <laughs> Harry Styles, really? Harry Styles is in this, um, apparently. Well, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, we've well, got Chris Pine as well. Oh, Chris Pine. So so it's a good, strong cast, really, isn't it? Yeah, they're, definitely. They're kind, of, they're, they're kind of young, fairly young actors beginning to emerge, aren't they, really? I mean... Harry yeah. Styles, I think, has got potential as an actor. What he's done so far, he's, yeah, he's done yeah, it well. Yeah, he's done it well. And he... Florence Pugh as well. I loved her yeah. in obviously Midsummer and Little Women yeah. and and films like that. So that's no, going to be. I, I think that's sure. that's going. Yeah, that does sound uh, a good one. It, it sounds interesting because, like I say, it feels original. It feels like something we've not come across before. Mm. and that automatically makes you curious about it and so much of what we do as uh, film reviewers is about making listeners curious 
So yeah. I'm sure anyone listening sure. to this is going to think, ah, now that's got me. That's I'm going to remember that because yeah. it's different. Yeah, that sounds good. And what's the second one that you've got? So the second one, um, this, I'm not sure if it's coming out in the UK in 2022, but it's got a current release date in America for November. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is She Said. Um, so it is a film based on the 2019 book, she said, uh, right. by Jodie Cantor and Megan Tui. Okay. Uh, and these were the two journalists from the New York Times who broke the Harvey Weinstein story. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. And obviously the horrific yeah. things that he did against women. Um, so this film, there's not much on it at the moment i'm not sure if it's going to be kind of like a dramatization or like a documentary type style um but it just says that it depicts the work done by these two journalists that sounds brilliant how they break the story yeah i'm very excited about this film i think it's going to be fantastic i know that sounds brilliant and isn't it poetic poetic justice uh, Amber, that mm. Harvey Weinstein's getting his comeuppance, he's getting his just desserts, but they were actually yeah. getting a film out about him <laughs> as well, Brilliant, just to make it? it absolutely clear. You know, I, I, lo- I love the the synopsis, the storyline there about the two journalists that the way they work to get the story broken, um, yeah. and it kind of when you were t- when you were describing it, it kind of reminded me a bit of all the President's Men when. Um, mm. The, the Watergate scandal was uncovered by two investigative journalists. Uh, that was a film that starred Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford. Uh, it reminds me of that a little bit. It's that kind of, that expose for the public good, isn't it? Of making something yeah. public knowledge because people need to know. I, I love that. I love Absolutely. that sort of thing. It sound, just, that sounds, um, sounds brilliant. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited about it. I've yeah. also just found a cast list as well. Oh, okay. um, yeah. So it's produced. One of the producers is Brad Pitt. So oh, right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. But also starring Zoe Kazan, Carrie Mulligan, oh. um, Patricia Clarkson, and Andre, I'm not sure how you say his last name, Broha, who was in, he was Raymond Holt in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's looking like a very good cast already. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's, it, that sounds excellent. Yeah. And it's Universal Pictures as well, so it it's got a good setup. It looks like yeah. it's going to be very good. That do you know? That sounds like an Oscar winner to me. That oh sound, yeah. Doesn't it? Wouldn't doesn't that it just, be? Yeah. Wouldn't that be brilliant? I know. If that if that won an Oscar, that would be yeah. like the biggest. You know. But but Amber, uh-huh. because of the, because of the subject matter it deals with, right? That's yeah. gonna that's gonna strike a chord with the members of the academy as well, because they they might see it as a way. I mean, obviously, you you wouldn't want it to be nominated if it wasn't a good film, and I'm sure it will be. But no. they may well they may well be drawn to it because it's a way of addressing and recognizing the issues that existed in the industry, and saying that yes, we're dealing yeah. with it, we're aware of it, we are we are embracing this film because it deals with very important subject matter. That um, would be I, groundbreaking if that yeah, was if that was but, there, if I, there was that kind of acknowledgement. Yeah, if, I, but but it, I'd be absolute. I won't put money on it, but I would say there's a strong chance that the Academy would be attracted to this film because of what it was dealing with, and in, in some ways, it's almost um, it's cathartic for them. It's them recognizing uh, that one of their own. Let's be honest, right? 
Weinstein yeah. was one of their own, right? He was a filmmaker, yeah. highly successful producer who abused the system. He exploited the people that were, that were, mm-hmm. that, that relied on him. And I, I think that the Academy will be really attracted to it. And as I say, I, I think that will be, I'll, I'll go out on a limb now and I'll, I'll say it will be a nominated for, uh, for best picture. Can't let's, wait to let's, see it. Let, I let's couldn't see, have said see, it better. <laughs> yeah, let, let's see see how right or wrong I am, right? So, um, yeah, that'll be an interesting one to, to to keep an eye on. But no, that's that's my prediction, um, yeah. and I hope I'm right, Amber. I hope I hope, right. I hope you're right too. Yeah. I think that would be incredible. Yeah, and um, we, when you look at the people that are involved in the film, there's no reason yeah. why it shouldn't be. Really, it's got a very good setup. Yeah, um, definitely. Fantastic. They both sound like great films. Um, the two that um, that I've picked out uh, mm-hmm. that wasn't on the original list that we, we discussed, uh, both come out in January. Um, oh, yeah. The first one is Belfast, um, which is directed by Kenneth Branagh. Um, mm-hmm. This is semi-autobiographical, uh, dealing with the troubles in Northern Ireland. Uh, shot in black and white. Stars Kieran Hines, Judy Dench, Jamie Dormer. Uh, Dornan, sorry, and uh, Katrina Bell, and music by Van Morrison. Now, if that mm. hasn't sold the film to you now, I mean, <laughs> it, it it looks like a wonderful film. It's not an easy watch by any yeah. means because it's dealing with um, a very emotive issue. But because it because it has its because Kenneth Branagh is an Ulsterman, he's from Bol- he's, he's from um, Belfast. It's got mm. that kind of grittiness about it and you know it's based on his own experiences and it's what they always say that for a writer or a director or a performer the best thing for them to to work on is something they've gone through themselves and this is dealing with something that he understands um and it looks it looks brilliant and anything shot in black and white as well gets extra points for me it looks fantastic yeah i I would be yeah. excited to see this for sure. Yeah. Again, as as I say, it's it's not as I say, it's not the type of film where where you would say it's escapism. It's reality, isn't it? It's dealing with, with something that actually happened, but that mm. gives it more more strength to me. So that's one I'd, an additional film I'd recommend. And mm-hmm. the the other one, also released in in January, is Licorice Pizza. Um, this is directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, who directed um, There Will Be Blood. So you know it's coming from a, a good director. And it stars Sean Penn, uh, Bradley Cooper. And it's basically a story of kids growing up in California in the, in the 70s, falling in love, falling out of love. Um, and it, it's just something very affecting and very warm about it as well. And this is a film that doesn't rely on visuals it doesn't rely on cgi it's mm. just a pure story with strong characters and a strong storyline and it Wowie. yeah the tra- the trailers will um will draw you in and they, they've started tra- training this film uh, at cinema so i think yeah. that that tells tells you enough to think right i'm curious enough to want to go along and see this because it's just a story about life it's a story about people, people like us, you know, and I, like um, I, I would, that's the, the second film I'd recommend. So 
so what do we think in in conclusion then we know that there is um, a heavy reliance on sequels on spin-offs on franchises do we think that's generally a good thing or a bad thing it gets people through the door it uh, makes money Mm. but is it what filmmaking is about do you think this is a very good question i think i think yes and no i think Mm. audiences love like a story in a world that they can immerse themselves into obviously with the the superhero franchises yeah they want to see where the character's going they want to see the story and mm. you know learn about the ups and the downs and obviously with the villains as well that you know do they have a redemption arc or are they just evil or yeah. you know hero versus villain kind of thing yeah we know that that's a seller but then there are films in this list that are a bit different and they are a unique story Mm. um and i think that's good too i think Mm. well i think it's good to have a standalone film as well yeah there are some there are some really exciting ones in this list um so yeah yeah no is my answer (laughs) yeah no i think you're right i think i go along with that because there's no probably no definitive answer here because we have to be realistic and accept that this is the way the world is turning when when films are being made but we've all you know i would i used to rail against the idea of a franchise of and the sequels but it's always been with us when you Mm -hmm. think about it because Mm -hmm. james bond is 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 a franchise indiana jones Lethal Weapon, Star you know, Wars. Star Wars, you know, they've always been with us, but it just seems more obvious now than it used to be. I think yeah. that's what it boils down to, is that it's sure. more blatant. They're not making any secret of it. But I think probably where that distinction comes into play is where the likes of Indiana Jones and Star Wars and James Bond, with those films, it's franchise-based, but the characters seem to be a lot stronger and more memorable. Mm. But now the characters in superhero movies. I'm sure there are people that would argue with me about this, and I'd be happy to argue with them about it. But um, now the superhero characters you get aren't as strong. They seem very one-dimensional to me, um, and they're not quite as memorable. That's why Flash, the Flash stands out for me so much, because there's something stronger attaching to the character that makes it a bit stronger. But... You know, we've we've got to be grateful that we've got um, some great films to watch, really. There's no question they're going to be entertaining. Um, and it's I think it's a good note to, to wrap up, unfortunately. Um, hopefully, we've given you some idea of what's on offer. And we'll go some way to filling up those empty cinema seats. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Please join us again. And thank you, Amber. It's been great. Thank you, yeah. It wouldn't have been the same without it wouldn't have been the same without you because I would have been sitting here for the last hour and a half talking to myself. So it's (laughs) it's great. I'm looking forward to the next one we do. From all of us here, from all of us here at UK Film Review, we wish you a happy, peaceful, and prosperous New Year. Take care of yourselves. Bye for now. Bye. Hold up. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.